a date which will live in infamy. Only a foolish optimist can deny the dark realities of the moment. I had a question for you, Dave. If you had a cult and you had a like like several hundred influencers or whatever people that you could influence, how would you go about it? Would you would you try to like infiltrate society or would you go like completely off grid? Would you start your own compound? And be like, fucking Dave, man, this is my compound, man. We're all gonna like listen to Kumbaya and shit. No, I think I would try to infiltrate society. Yeah? Yeah, I think so. Really? I think, yeah. Why? Just out of sheer power and world domination, you know, and trying to get everyone to think <laughs> think the way I do, but actually have power over them to do horrible things to them if they disagree. Oh, so you're one of those evil motherfuckers. I want to do horrible things to them. Well, that can be elected to Congress. I'm pretty sure it's a, a prerequisite. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> See, I'd do the opposite. I'd, I'd go off grid. I'd have my yep. own compound, mm-hmm. and I'd be like threatening FBI. Like, Come on, motherfuckers. Compounds are pretty cool. They are. Yeah. Would you be naked? I'd be naked. Uh, I don't think I'd start off naked. I just think it would devolve into nakedness. <laughs> it, would have, it would just eventually end up there. It would just happen. <laughs> no, they'd be like, oh, a leader has oh. a very small penis. We need to... Take that over. Yeah, and then I'd, I'd, I'd somehow convince the other people that my small penis was the size of my power. So, like, the smaller your penis, like, the more power you have. <laughs> yeah, that'll work. They'll be like, oh, yeah, that sounds perfect. Yeah. Yes. Well, they're already believing in the cult anyway, so. <laughs> oh, All right. Well, welcome to FDR's podcast. <laughs> penis size apparently does matter, but in the, in the flip side. I'm Brandon Ziegler, uh, co-host, and this is uh, Dave Martin, the other co-host. Hey there, everybody. <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> yep, that's what it sounded like at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened. Um, I wanted to say that this is our second episode. Oh, we made it to number two. You actually came back, and that's, that's incredible. Yes. <laughs> and how many listeners do we have? 24. We have 24. I know. And we know all of them. I don't, actually. We you don't. don't know all of them. We don't know Because all we have some international ones that are in France, Italy, Colombia and New Zealand. No way. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty so, cool. I don't know those people. Do you? I do not know those people. All right. Well, well, shit. We got like four random people that we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we, we we've been asking for feedback on on things like that, and one of the biggest things was to explain what our name means. And I say, fuck you. We started this podcast. We don't owe you anything. Like, like you just come in here, you listen to one episode, and you, you think that you can just demand things from us. Like, what what is this? Like, oh oh, what do you what do you want? Like, oh, uh, what do you was your name mean? What, what whatever? Like, oh, uh, we can just demand shit. Are you talking to me or the listeners? So our name comes from uh, <laughs> it. It just came from a, an idea of where we wanted to start a podcast. And we wanted to to kind of put out there that we're a little more liberal than your average Joe, I guess. And so one of the big liberal lions out there is is FDR, who's not uh, a modern liberal. You know, he's he's very much in the in the the background of what being a liberal is, but he is what a lot of liberals look towards, like Ted Kennedy mm-hmm. and, and and people like that. Like, uh, um, but it. it wasn't a controversial figure. Right. And I also wanted to, to, to point out that 
We're a little, we're a little different to most podcasts. Just a little bit. A little different. So that's why I put the wheelchair in there. I mean, if you ask people on site, what do you think about FDR? Oh, he's in a wheelchair. So I wanted to bring well, out that irreverent yeah, comedy. And, and what's great about the title, too, and um, in all seriousness, like, you know, he was super popular because the country desperately needed a new vision for society at that time. And he represented that. He followed through with real policies that helped equal the playing field for America. And you know what? As someone who is pretty progressive, I'm all about equaling the playing field, giving people the equality of opportunity. Not necessarily the opportunity of outcome, but the uh, opportunity, uh, equality of opportunity. I'm sorry. I'm fumbling <laughs> over my words. But that's what FDR started for this country, giving everybody, you know, a fair share at the pie that just wasn't shared. And then we, and an example, like the, the, the image of the wheelchair. I mean, in 1991, Congress passed the American with Disabilities Act, which helped equal the playing field for people with disabilities. When FDR was president, they hid the fact that he was in a wheelchair. Yes, they did. You know, and, 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 and people don't have to do that anymore. You know, if they're a CEO or they're a worker at a store or if they're the president of the United States. But back then they had to conceal that so he wouldn't be perceived as weak. Um, so, Brandon, I think that is a very fitting title. And, uh, yeah. Yes, don't ask me for shit again, listeners. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, we, Always ask we us like, about, We like you. Yeah. 24 <laughs> listeners to two listeners. Week two. And, and we love your, your interaction with us. We, we want to hear from you. So if you ever have any ideas, any questions or anything, please reach out to us. Um, we'll just make fun of you. <laughs> All right. Um, so this, this, this episode, we're going to the bluegrass state. You got your banjo? Woo-hoo! Woo! <laughs> Not only are we going to the Bluegrass State, but a little later we are going to go Texas and we are going to go boating because it's Labor Day weekend. But y'all going to have to wait for that now. Oh, oh, stay tuned. Stay tuned. And now it's, to it's Travis a good one. County, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> the reason we're in uh, Kentucky this week is because <laughs> I know you wanted me to say Rich. <laughs> Fuck. Like, I'm going to go. It's McConaughey. Rich McConaughey. Uh, uh, Brandon, please pronounce my name correctly. I'm Mitch McConnell, Senator from Kentucky, and we are going to be speaking of uh, Amy McGrath today. <laughs> yeah, what, what McConnell said. <laughs> it's like the robot version of Mitch McConnell. When, uh, he's kind of robotic. So. All right. So I wanted to, to bring this race up because McConnell is such a Republican force. He's such a political force in the Senate and therefore in our national politics. And I want to have a little, little civics lesson. Yeah, Brandon. Well, yeah. <laughs> He's looking at me like, this motherfucker is about to grade me on my, uh, my, my government lesson. <laughs> I can see him. He's got his, he's got his red pen. He's going, yeah, do it, bitch. Can we start off by asking you a simple question, Brandon? No, no. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, simple. go for it. Brandon. Will you enlighten the listeners and tell everyone how a bill becomes a law? You know, I, I can edit this and make it seem that I'm smarter than you anytime I want, right? You could. Okay. Yes. I just want you to know that because mm -hmm. I'd never do that. Why does your voice sound all cut up and weird? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a bill up on Capitol just... Hill. I could sing for you. Does that bring any uh Oh, no. That, that's exactly the reference I'm going for. Oh, very good. <laughs> 
please sing and I need to remind myself. That's so, a video where the like the little rolled up yeah. joint went to Capitol Hill and uh I'm just a bill. And he sits on the Capitol steps and he's like, oh, he's all sad because he got vetoed. Yeah, darn it. <laughs> and he couldn't get overridden. Yeah. So a bill gets introduced to the House. It can start in either con or um Senate or in Congress. Or um or the House. Correct. Unless it's a bill to raise revenue like a tax bill, which has to start in the House of Representatives. Yes. Yes, it does. Mm -hmm. So that has once it's put forward onto the onto the floor and is voted on and it gets passed, it goes to the next house. Or to either goes to the house or it goes to the Senate. Correct. It goes to the other house. It has to go through all the committee bullshit and writing it up and all that stuff we don't care about. Yeah, yeah, that, it gets way yeah. too detailed. Yeah. So what makes McConnell so powerful is that he is the leader of the Senate. And the Senate typically has the last vote in Congress, typically, because most, most bills are brought through the House. Correct. So as the leader of the Republican Party, or leader of the Senate, he has his people, um, typically the Republicans, that can vote down or vote up pretty much any bill that he chooses. And that is a huge political game. That right. Is, the Senate majority leader yields all of that political power. And therefore can really dictate the president's legislative agenda. Absolutely. And that, that that's big because if you are um, against the, the president, say with, with McConnell against Obama, you literally, he was telling him you cannot have a Supreme court justice. You cannot have your DACA bill. You cannot have your, your um, Obama healthcare, that kind of thing. I mean, I mean, there's other ways around it that Obama eventually did but with with the president he he stopped him getting fully impeached he stopped the removal of the president i mean that's how much power right mcconnell has yeah. as senate leader it's even that, more so um the speaker of the house nancy pelosi it, because there are only a hundred senators and that that limitation of, of the amount of people that are senators gets gets focused um whereas the house uh Typically does not. I mean, you have 535 of them, so the power is spread between them. But 100 senators really focuses on that on that spot. So when you are the leader of 99 people, right, that power is is huge. Especially when the House Majority Leader Nancy Pelosi is going getting her hair done with a, without a mask on in California, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh what is, man, what is the, the laws don't apply to you? No shit. Was she the second most wealthiest person, wealthiest woman in California? She might be. I don't know. I would. I think that's what it is, that. and that's you can buy I mean, yourself a haircut when everybody else has. To stay yeah, no home, shit. And she's telling people you got to stay at yeah. home. You got to stay at home. And then she yeah. has her own personal hairdresser yeah. at the salon to come but, in and stuff. I mean, that's but, just not okay. No, no, it's not. You know, she kind of uh, put egg on her face on that one. That's for sure. But I like what you said about political power because that's all. That's what it boils down to in our two party system. It all boils down to political power. Now, when you have a executive. And a Congress that has mixed power of both parties, you tend to get better legislation passed through because of this thing called compromise. If you remember, if you watched the video all the way through, about no, no, I, I got sad and cried when he was on the. He got vetoed and shit. Nah. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty sad. Yeah, but um, so with that being said, like this race in Kentucky is probably the prime 
Senate race that we're going to have this upcoming election. Well, I I really think it's 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 uh, almost bigger than the presidential race in a, in a way of actual legislation goes because you you are taking the Republican Party mm-hmm. and McConnell is a Republican Party no matter what they say about Trump whatever the president he is what gets stuff done. If you want something done, you're going to have to go through McConnell. And it's been that way for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And for the first time in a long time, he is under threat, which is huge. I mean, he's a senator from Kentucky, mm-hmm. um, which is very typically Republican, mm-hmm. even though their governor is Democrat. Yeah. But, well, you know, in Kentucky, it's all about rural versus urban politics. And um, there's been a lot of motivation over the past year for Democrats in the state of Kentucky to just simply go out and vote. The first was with the primary with Charles Booker and Amy McGrath. And um, right now, you know, you have a lot of things going on in Kentucky with uh, the murder of Breonna Taylor and um, police yeah. reform and all of those kind of things. You have a very motivated generally speaking, urban base of voters in Kentucky. Now, is that going to be enough to outdo, you know, the McConnell voters in the rural areas? I, we don't know. But it's the first time that I can ever remember that he was, you know, feeling the heat a little well, bit. Feeling the heat, I don't, I don't think it's going to be enough, but I definitely think it's uh, um, something worth looking at because it's the first time that he's really been under threat with this kind of power that he has. So it, it's almost a referendum on the GOP as much as it is a referendum on the GOP with Trump. Right. Um, so just put this in, in context, McConnell defeated Allison Lundergan Rhymes in 2014 by 16 points. Oh, yeah. That's a slaughter. Yeah. And she, oh, gosh, she grinds, man. She was not the sharpest tool in the shed. But McGrath is different. And one of the things that the Democrats have to do is how to hone these Democrats who come from a military background and can tap into a lot of conservative values, a lot of moderate values, some progressive values, and actually get elected. Um, she's not the first to come along. And she has a lot of things uh, on her side that can really help her. But um, she's got progressives on one side, kind of, you know, trying to diss her on one side. And then, you know, the McConnell campaign, which is being super effective, um, running not just a negative campaign, but, um, you know, a campaign just simply saying, hey, this is the time for leadership in Congress. And the same commercial said Mitch McConnell is the only leader in Congress, not from California or New York. And that's going to resonate with Kentucky voters in the Midwest big time. Well, it always does. Um, Yeah. Um, And and McConnell is – his nickname is the Grim Reaper because that's where legislation (laughs) goes to die. Right. And he looks like a corpse. (laughs) (laughs) So you have this, um, this, this political leader who is not progressive. He, he wants to keep the status quo and literally is he revels in being called the Grim Reaper. Right. Because that's where stuff gets done is right. through him. And he can be that way because of the incumbency rate. Yes. I mean, 91% of incumbents in Congress, every time they're up for election, they get reelected. 
Because you ask people what their opinion of Congress is. Oh, Congress is the worst thing in the world. The yeah. liberals, the conservatives, the this and, McConnell, and that. But what do you think about your senator? Oh, he's the best thing in the world. Yeah. And McConnell has been in the Senate since 1986. 1986? 1986. Isn't that when the Mets won the World Series? Like Mookie Wilson was playing for the Mets? It might be. Yeah. Dude. I was listening to Motley Crue. I had like hair down to my my arms. I had a roach clip in my hair. Roach clip. That no was shit. he was like, fuck yeah, roach clip. Fuck yeah. yeah man, Did he have like a tie dye t shirt and like... uh, No, I had like the black t shirt with like the skulls and crossbones and Metallica on it. And I had the jean jacket with the patch on the back. Oh, uh, please tell yeah. me you wore jeans, like the stonewashed jeans with the holes at the knees. Uh, absolutely. Fuck yeah. <laughs> and guess what my patch was on the back? What band? Judas Priest. Anthrax. Anthrax. Yeah, Anthrax. <laughs> Such a rebel. Dude, I was so awesome in 1986. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's when that corpse got elected to the Senate. Yeah. Jesus Christ, man. I mean, I'm not one for term limits, but maybe I am. That's <laughs> 1986. 1986. I mean, <sighs> he hasn't had this kind of political power for that long, but... That's where he's got it from. I mean, it's just, he can literally tell the president yes or no of if he's getting his legislative agenda. Right. So, and and that, that's crazy for one man to have that power that's elected from one part of the country. Yeah. But that that's what you, you kind of deal with in, a, in a, a congressional system like ours. And that's what makes it weird that we're bringing Amy McGrath. A former uh, Marine fighter pilot, mm-hmm. a woman, mm-hmm. which is very rare in the Senate at the moment, and she is a complete outsider mm-hmm. as as far as politics goes. I mean, she's kind of been groomed and, and bred and brought in by the Democratic Party to challenge Mitch McConnell, but it's been such a long time that they've even tried to challenge him that right. it's, it's kind of weird. Yeah, and it just, it just boils down to electability, right? I mean... Who can we bring in that's going to have Democrats come out to vote with some level of enthusiasm to vote for her and then also pull a few people over from that side, you know, and to tap into the military background, I think, is a smart thing. But um, again, I don't think the Republicans as a whole party nationwide have a really clear idea of what a Democrat is and what a Democrat stands for. They're trying to to pick from all different kinds of places and they're getting to panic mode, even with the lead with the presidential race, even though the Senate has a really good chance of flipping, even with the House growing its lead, I think they're used to failing so often with nationwide elections <laughs> that they're starting to freak out a little bit. And they're trying to like do patchwork on elections. And that's not a knock on Amy McGrath, but that's exactly what they're trying to do. And then McConnell's trying to disparage a little bit, too. I mean, again, this she's a proven patriot. She's a fighter pilot, for Christ's sake. But, you know, they have her on tape making a comment that Trump's election was worse to her than 9-11. Yeah, and she literally said, uh, hell no, after... Yeah. That's a famous quote. Yeah, which um, is Thanks. holding back because most of us are going, fuck no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, hell no is restraint, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but that that kind of ties into McConnell's uh, uh, campaign. He's actually hitching his, his uh, campaign trail to Trump and what Trump brings. Do you think that's a smart move in, in a way? Because that really ties himself to the president and what what the president stands for, where 
it doesn't give them the flexibility of, of meandering away. But as a Senate majority leader, does he have that flexibility to move away from the president? Or does he have to tie his? It's, it's balls to the wall all, all in right now. You know, they're either going to win or they're not. There is no way as a Republican in most contests, 95% of the contests, to not pander to the president and win. You have to get your people out to vote. And the people who are wanting to come out and vote for President Trump again, they have to be mobilized. So you have to attach yourself to President Trump, unfortunately. And that's why the Republicans are losing their fucking soul over this one man. The Republicans had a soul? <laughs> yeah, your hesitation's mind all. fucking blown. <laughs> mind blown. There right. might be a few Republicans with souls, plenty, I'm sure, but as a whole, there is no soul. Yeah, same with right, Democrats. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think yeah. there's much soul in politics. <laughs> so maybe Bernie Sanders, who, you know, the only the one reason. The spittiest the, presidential candidate yeah, of all time. The, the main reason that I'm sad that. Bernie didn't get the the nomination because I'd love to see him and Trump on a debate stage. That would, would be it pure would be entertainment. Donald, Donald, no, I'm not accepting that. No, Donald, no. It would just be two old men scrapping on the ground, <laughs> like pulling each other. Oh, Bernie head. kicked the shit out of him. I think Bernie would kick the shit out of him. That would be kind of fun. <laughs> Rolling off the stage. Call me a Jew again. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, it would be pure entertainment. Great. Oh. Hey, you know what, everybody? You have to hang around for the whole episode because after the episode's over, we're going to talk about what to look forward to in the first presidential bait. So, ooh, ooh, yeah, a little bit of anticipation. Can't wait. Forward it to involves it. us. So sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can't be that exciting. Um, I wanted uh, um, to get your opinions. If um, if McConnell loses, mm-hmm. which it doesn't look like he's going to, because we have the Cook political report saying that uh, the race is likely Republican, and Sabato's crystal ball at University of Virginia Center for Politics say that it's safe Republican. So mm-hmm. everything is pointing that McConnell will win, yep. even though Amy McGrath got ten million dollars more in the selection cycle than he did. Which is not a little deal. That's pretty huge. Uh, yeah. But um, money doesn't always... It just shows how difficult it is to bring down an incumbent, especially in the Senate. I mean, they have six years to plan for an election. You know, um, they have more time to not just do that, but work on um, establishing and maintaining their political power. Whereas members of the House, every two years, they have to run again. So the minute you get elected, you're back on the campaign trail. So. Right. Overturning a senator is very hard, and it's not likely to happen. So, hey, listeners, you got to hear me talk a lot more. Uh, we're, I think every episode McConnell's coming. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's going to get old soon if it hasn't already. But I'm going to keep doing it, bitches. <laughs> so if if um if McConnell loses and Donald Trump wins, how how is that going to play out? Is uh, so okay. Let me let me specify it more. If the Democrats take the Senate and the House, and Trump wins the White House, do you Dude, think it's going to get your popcorn, ladies and gentlemen? It's going to be the most entertaining end of democracy you've ever seen <laughs> in your life. I can't even, dude. 
2020, dude. Can we can't predict shit anymore. <laughs> Come on, man. What if? Yeah, it'll be it'll be a shit storm from hell, and it's gonna be fantastic unless you care about your country. <laughs> yeah. Oh fuck! But I, I I predict Trump will get impeached and will be removed if the the Democrats have the House and the Senate. Oh yeah, absolutely, definitely. So we'll get Mike Pence as president, or do they sure. both get impeached? Even with with both, right, both the Senate. And the House. Did, right, right. You would only impeach. Well, you can impeach. You can impeach the. You can vice impeach president. the vice president, but it uh, it's not a package deal. Right, but would they do that? Would they Would they take the president if they had evidence? If they, I don't know. I mean, I I I just see Mike Pence just standing there nodding his head, which isn't a crime. <laughs> like, oh my god, he's the most plastic human being I've that's, ever seen in my hell life. Hell of a comb over. Hell of a comb over. <laughs> I like his haircut. I just want the wind to blow it a little bit. I don't think it can blow it. It's just so, just like <laughs> he can't even say the word "blow it" because his wife will get pissed off, and then I'll have to pray on it. And you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So it's unlikely that McGrath will unseat McConnell, but in a way, it's 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 um. It's one of those things where it's challenging their their base. Their their if McConnell's not safe, then none of their Senate seats are safe. True, and it shows that the Democrats can poke a hole all over the country. Mm-hmm. And I, I I think that's something for the for the Republicans to be worried about. Yeah, definitely. I mean, <laughs> the Republicans should be concerned because the the highest part that you know the the, the biggest leaders in your prospective party when they're having a legitimate challenge that's reflective of. The nation as a whole. Um, so there's definite correlations between what's happening in states and what's happening nationwide. It does, it's not 100% science, but there's a lot of data to back it up. So, yeah, the Republicans are in a lot of trouble right now. Um, but, hey, man, like I said before, guess who can fuck that up? The <laughs> Democrats. Nancy, just keep getting that hair done. Don't put that mask on. You know, just, oh, Nancy. oh God. That's, yeah. <laughs> The swamp has all kinds of people in it. We have to be cognizant it's, of that. It's, it's, it's true. And, you, and you're right. If someone can fuck it up, it's the Democrats. They, they're really good. I mean, if, if you look at it, the Republicans shouldn't be a party, let alone what? be in power. <laughs> we need two new fucking political parties. We need to call them something else. We can... New symbols. New something. God damn it. So this is where your cult comes in. This is where my... Oh, Yeah. Was I the naked cult or the other cult? Uh, we, we weren't naked cult. Small cock power um, cult. Small, <laughs> no. small. Yes, the small cock power cult. So what? It, <laughs> the scopes. <laughs> uh, that would not help the issue of racial equality. Let's scratch that idea, man. Oh. No, no. <laughs> Uh, well, we we need to move from Kentucky to this big presidential election. Speaking about even small though we've dicks. been talking about it. Oh, oh shit! Talk about Biden like that. Yeah. Um. So I was looking at the the latest poll polling data, and uh, Biden has a lead in all the polls. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's averaging plus six point nine, 
as an average. So some of them have him at only two. Some of them have him as big as ten. And but, remember, most most accurate polls have a three to four percent error too. So yeah. you have to so, add and subtract that. So it could so be very close. He could be within the, in the the margin of error, or he could be just blowing this thing wide open. Right. And since 2016's taught us all the stuff that who the fuck knows, especially with this orange orangutan. <laughs> Spray tan on <laughs> Man, it's really hard to get a, a, a true capture on what people think because back in the day, they did polling through um, random digit dialing on people's home phones. There was one mode to capture a vote, and they had they had um, statistics built in for like non respondents and people who refused to say, but there was one way to get people's votes that's to call them on the phone. Now we have a bunch of different ways that are very difficult to get a hold of people. So to get a true 3% error rate, takes a lot more work. And I just don't, even when I see 3 to 4% error today, man, I, I don't have any data to back up what I'm saying, but I just don't believe the polls like I used to. Well, it, um, and there's so many polls that target different areas. So you can target a university or you can target uh, rural Kentucky. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not going to give you the same data, but you can claim it is a poll. Absolutely. So you really have to know where these polls come from. Um, the one that seems to be the most... Uh, kind of consistent is the the Quinnipiac poll, mm-hmm. which has it actually had Biden up six points, okay. and they they've been going around, they've gone to universities, they've done the rural, they've done the mm-hmm. conservative places in California and New York and stuff, and they did the liberal places as well. And uh, Biden is leading in most areas except for the economy. People still think Trump is better for the economy than Biden. Why? <laughs> Why? I think people make a connection between the economy doing well and the existence and success of big business. You know, Um, I think people just have that general idea that Republicans are going to pass tax laws. (laughs) The dogs are going. So I have to say, everybody listen out there, we have stopped this episode (laughs) like 10 times for barking dogs. We're keeping the dogs in now. We're keeping them. Who let the dogs out? You know, exactly. Apparently we did. (laughs) <laughs> so what was I talking about? What are you asking me about? Uh, we're, 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 I don't know. <laughs> just, just bark into the microphone. <laughs> well, we were talking about these polls and we were talking about what's going to, uh, you know, what information really is going to help us know what the likely outcome is. And we don't know, but I don't really see a lot out there that's going to change the polls too much, except for the debates. Debates can change waiver back and forth, but man, I don't know anything new Donald Trump can say or lie about or fuck up or do. I don't I don't know what he can do to lose more people. I see him only being able to gain more people. And now I remember what you were talking about. You were talking about why do people equate um, Donald Trump and often the Republican Party um, with being better with the economy. You that, know, that and I think people just draw those connections between, you know, businesses hire people, people get wages, people buy things from companies, and that the Republican Party tends to be more favorable towards businesses because of, you know, like the tax law that got passed. But they're not addressing economic disparity for people. You know, that's why you see shit, except for this week, the stock market's been kind of falling down a little bit. But during this pandemic, the stock market's been rocking and everybody else is fucking miserable. You know, I have at least five friends who've lost their jobs. 
I'm like, what the fuck is going on, man? Get the fuck out. You don't have yeah. friends. But I did see something cool the other day. They were talking about the success of the stock market. The stocks that are making the the, the the market rally, like things like renewable energy and things like that, they're actually blue stocks. Red stocks are actually not doing so well, and they haven't been doing well for a while. So think about that. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah. And if the blue stocks are doing well, what are they doing to address economic inequality? Or are they just... Part of the problem, too. It's all part of the problem. See, what kind of annoys me is uh, when people say that the country needs to be run like a business. The country is not a business. It is not. And if you <laughs> if you want to come back to it, when have you ever been like, yeah, my boss should run my life? When have you ever said that? Never. 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 No. Never. So why would Government's you- not made to run. They make a profit. It just doesn't make any sense. You know, the best laws... And the best best decisions get made slowly, de- deliberately, with compromise and conflict and things like that. The to be able to, to to say that the government needs to be run like a business, it's just a fallacy. It's a logical fallacy, and the people who say that just don't understand how government works. Is government ineffective as fuck? It can be. Yeah, it definitely can be. Can government? I mean, yeah, you can make criticisms of governments inefficiencies all day long, but the answer isn't to run it like Enron or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're just turning off and leaving now. Oh my call. I want to, my government's going to be a pyramid scheme. No shit. Yes. What are you going to sell? I haven't thought about that yet. You, yeah. You should, I don't know what you should sell. You should sell like a, it's going to be based upon a Christian bookstore. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Specialize in, um, you know, make your own Mary statue, something like make that. Make your own Mary statue. <laughs> I don't know. The Religious David, supplies. The David Woodpeckers. <laughs> the David Woodpeckers. I actually did see a store one time. It did say not. It wasn't a Christian bookstore. It said religious supplies, like supplies. Like, and what are what are Christian supplies? I don't know, man. Well, this is my pencil, and it it, yeah. it makes you not gay. <laughs> yeah. Sandals. What else could this? I don't know, man. This is a random this thought. Christian supplies. Hammer. I don't remember where I saw that. Probably in Kentucky. <laughs> well, yeah. With the uh, what do they have in Kentucky? They have the Ark um, experience. Oh yeah, the Ark experience. The um, Creation Museum. That's actually in Indiana, the Creation Museum, because I have to drive there to work. You or know what? It might be in Kentucky in before Kentucky. it gets to Indiana. Yes, it's okay. in Kentucky before you get to the bridge. I've been there before. Really? I'll save that story for another episode, but I have been... Are you sober? <laughs> I was... No, 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 no. I will tell... tell I will... Spell. <laughs> There'll be another episode where I talk about Dave's adventures to the Creation Museum. <laughs> One of the people that I went with is dead now. Let me just tell you that. <laughs> Hold on. But not because of the Creation Museum. It was a very... It, it started out as a fun day and ended up as a very, like, scary day. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm interested yeah. now. My evangelical cousins from Oklahoma, I'm kind of talking about your type out there, man. Oh, oh shit. Oh, shit. Uh, we're off topic, aren't we? we oh, fuck, we, it's like every five minutes with us. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, 
One things, uh, since we're talking about business and the Republicans, one things that Republicans also get tied to is the military. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've heard a story about our president and the military in the past three and a half years or anything like that. Disparaging Dis- comment after disparaging comment. Yeah. After insult after insult. Um, confirmed, not confirmed. Here, I, I tell you what. As I said before, Donald Trump only gives a shit about himself. No party owns the military. But the Republican Party has done a really, really good job since the 1980s associating, uh, being able to capture the idea of patriotism and the role that the military plays with patriotism. They have owned that ideal, I say. You know, they've done a good job of saying we're the party of patriotism, we're the party of the military. Yeah. 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 Very much so. Yeehaw! Yeehaw! <laughs> you know, but and again, to credit to them. But but again, I mean the people in the military and citizens are seeing, you know, you just don't talk about people like this. You don't make comments like that. You just can't be that ignorant about anybody who has served this country. And I don't even care. It doesn't matter if you've gone to war or not. If you signed up for the military or you ever were drafted into the military for our older listeners, um, you know, even if you just went to basic training and then you did your service, you did your drill, and then you got out, you chose or you decided to go ahead and put your life at risk for the country. And no one should ever talk that way about you, period. No. So what we're talking about and this, this uh, specific example is the Atlantic's 1,500-word report mm-hmm. about Donald Trump calling people who died in war losers and suckers. Now, you can say uh, they had, I think it was five anonymous sources, mm-hmm. but it has been confirmed by the Washington Post, the New York Times, CNN, and now granted, people from the right are going to say fake news, fake news, fake news. They're just going to use that. That, that excuse. But it was also confirmed by Fox News. Absolutely. And they don't know what to say about it either. They've contradicted themselves every single day of this week. Oh, but, um, you know, in Watergate, the Watergate scandal, 200 um, anonymous sources. I mean, anonymous sourcing is how you get stories. It's how you get information. It's the only way that reporters can garner trust. Absolutely. So this whole fake idea that because something's anonymous means that it's not really a person or it's made up or it's fake, that is inaccurate. It's just isn't true. And if you think otherwise, you don't know anything about reporting and journalism and investigation. You just don't. It's fake news, Dave. All right, then let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're done with that. Fake news. Salt, salt. You can just say you can just say things and they're true. That's a problem today. People just say things and they expect they think it's true. Yeah, this this is probably the thing. best political podcast on the internet. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> facts matter, so that's subject to debate. <laughs> nope. I'm sure news. there's a I'm sure there's a few political podcasts out there. People who have actual degrees in this stuff. Well, fake I, degrees. I have a bachelor. Fake of political, degrees. I I have a bachelor. Of political it's a fake science. degree. If I have a bachelor, yeah, I do. But does that make me a political scientist? Yes. With a bachelor's degree in political science? Yes. I'm saying yes. Okay, thanks very much. (laughs) I'm a political scientist. Well, you're on this show, so we have to have credence somewhere. Yeah, I need to help people through how a bill becomes law. I mean, that's why I'm here. (laughs) You helped me. (laughs) You didn't do too bad. It's uh, who I mean, whoever really thinks about how. Why do I have a piece of paper saying "see you after class"? (laughs) Shorts are optional. What? (laughs) (laughs) 
What would you rather see being made, a law or sausage? Um, I like sausage. I don't, it doesn't well, bother me what's in sausage. Seeing it being made, though? Yeah, I've seen sausage being made. Like toenails and lips and everything? Yeah. Get that uh, anal gland in there, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what pops in there. We actually did have brats for dinner. We did. <laughs> we did. Shit. Word of the day, encasement. <laughs> <laughs> Man. You know what? All this talk about the election and polling and the veteran comments and the debates and Joe Biden, who's pretty much disappeared. <laughs> like, where is Joe Biden? <laughs> oh man, you know, <laughs> you know, you know what's going to be the deciding factor? What? Kanye West. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's going. The Democrats are paranoid for a reason because five. Extra people are going to vote and tilt the scales in favor of uh, Trump because they voted for Kanye instead. Jesus man. Christ. I, oh, man. You can't make this shit up anymore. No, no. Like, uh, if you were running a sketch show and uh, you were like, okay, we're, we're going to do, do some sketches about the, the presidential election. And you'd be like, got it. I know. What if Kanye West ran as a president campaign? Or... You'd be like, oh, that's, that's way out there. I don't, I don't, we need some sort of viability. And you go, no, no. Kanye West <laughs> running for the president. What if the U.S. was a reality show? Oh, fuck it is. <laughs> oh, fuck it oh. is. Oh, I have another question to ask you. I forgot about last week when we were talking about the RNC convention. Okay? Oh, okay. If there was a party political convention, and out of the 12 keynote speakers, six of them had the last, same last name, what type of government would you think that country has? Ooh, um, begins with an O. Begins Oligarchy. Oh, oligarchy. <laughs> I was going to unzip my pants and like give you a hint like, Dictatorship. <laughs> but oligarchy is probably more apropos. Yeah, uh, not, we're not quite a dictatorship because we still have, you know, Grendel in there. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, Grendel's back. <laughs> He'll have something to say about that. Oh, I had to read Beowulf in high school. What a miserable Biden, read. Biden, ooh, Biden, Biden, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But, like, what's crazy, though, like, one last thing I want to say about the presidential race, unless you, you want to talk about more stuff, is, is Joe Biden. It's like, so, Trump has the bully pulpit every day. He's got the microphone every day. He says things every day. He tweets things every day. But with Joe Biden, you kind of have to be interested and search for what he's doing and what he's saying. It just seems like you can go a week after week after week and don't see or hear anything about him. I just wonder what that, how that's going to pan out. Um, I think it's okay for Biden because all he has to do is just pull up a meme and go, look. And, and that's what their strategy right now is. It's not... It's not a great strategy for a progressive country. It's not a great strategy where you're going, I believe. Mm -hmm. But it's, I think it's a winning strategy. Mm -hmm. um, but we expect more from our leaders and we expect more from our career politicians rather than going, oh, well, I didn't do that today. Right. So that's the only criticism. I mean, not the only criticism. That's one big criticism is... Is he's trying to, he's trying to push message message forth what what he believes, and he is, does have a very progressive message to push forward. But again, it's hard when you have the inmates running the ward right. on the other side. Yeah, because I mean that's going to steal the show every day. Mm -hmm. 
So whether that's what we want is what we have. And if I was campaign manager, I'd probably be doing the same thing. Just be like, let that flame burn itself out. Okay. And we'll just kind of sit here in the ashes. <laughs> I mean, I can't believe them not having a plan. I know they have a plan. I just, I'm, I'm just waiting to see, you know, are they waiting for the first debate to come out? Um, are they going to really start gearing up advertisements? I haven't seen many, any Biden ads on TV. Oh, oh. Uh, I did want to bring this up about the presidential campaign is that I've been trying to confirm this all day, but I haven't been able to confirm it. But it's looking like the Trump campaign is running out of money. I did see that. I haven't. It's been going around, but I I haven't really been able to put numbers on it. The only numbers I have is that Trump has raised one point two one billion dollars so far. Mm -hmm. But the the money is disappearing. So right. you're telling me Trump has less cash on hand than he says he does? Well, no, he, he doesn't have it on hand. He doesn't have any Maybe. cash on hand right now. But he's raised that amount of money, and it's going away like all I, the other money. catching on fire. Yeah. Um, I, I I can't really pin it down, so I, I didn't really want to bring it up until you just did. I thought I'd mention it. But they're pulling out of um, contested states. They're pulling out their ads. They're pulling out TV. Of contested ads. Contested See, oh, states. I haven't seen yeah. that. So like in Ohio, they're not really, they're they're pulling out, there was that um, one ad where they were telling uh, people how Joe Biden wanted to just not fund police, and mm-hmm. they had that old woman being, her house yeah. was being broken. That's gone. Oh, wow. In Ohio. So it it's kind of curious, and I can't really pin it down because I'm not a journalist. <laughs> I'm not gonna get. I'm not gonna get to see the old lady knocked to the ground commercially. No, oh, no man. I know. Oh, with her um, home phone getting knocked to the ground, yeah, right. and her newspaper <laughs> falling down, and her toy poodle licking her feet. <laughs> oh man, I miss that commercial. Yeah, and Biden raised a record amount of money. It was, I, it was. 300 million in August, 300 and something million in August, which is a record. Um, uh, Trump's campaign hasn't released their numbers, but it's really weird. So Biden's ramping up all this money. Trump is supposed to have all this money, but no one knows where he is or what it's going to. I, I hope somebody tells Biden there's two months left and he has all this money. <laughs> right. Just turn around in December, like, well. Oh. Obama, did you write me a check? <laughs> oh man! So it's it's just it's a really weird campaign. I mean, it's, it all starts with COVID making it kind of weird, but it all starts with the candidates too. We have this whatever he is in office, and then we have Biden. It's easy to lose faith. So you know what? You got to pay attention. Because if you don't pay attention, bad things are definitely going to happen. And then when you're frustrated, listen to us, right? Because we're funny as shit. We try to be. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Just listen to us. I have a political science degree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Damn it. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the section that I fucking hate. Oh, what section? What, what so, oh, I know what it is. Give a drum roll for what did Trump say and do that you agree with this week? What we got there? So, I want to preface this by, these are two different things. 
Trump has just come out and he wants to ban TikTok and he wants to do it in late September. This is not the same thing, but it's on the same ilk. It's on the same line. Mm-hmm. I agree with Trump and his cabinet pushing back against the Chinese company Huawei. Mm-hmm. The Chinese government has proven for a long time that they don't care about our our our, um, our way of doing business. They don't care about our privacy. They don't care about our security. And they've been actively shown throughout the world to create things that will harm it, that they can exploit, and will do so. So pushing back in Swai, it um with their their 5G technology, I mean, that's going to be an integral integral part of our, our society mm-hmm. with all our cell phones. They do it with, um, like, people don't know this, but, like, our power grids, right. our, our water um, stuff, those uh, structures, rely infrastructure. On, infrastructures rely on that kind of technology. Yep. And one of the biggest things that people say about a terrorist, a actual terrorist attack that would have the most significant backlash against us would be attacking our infrastructure. Right. So they're literally laying the people blocks. People have said that for years, absolutely. They're laying those blocks. And it is not unreasonable to push back against a foreign company who has been shown to put back doors to to use wantonly against another country. Like mm-hmm. he, he, they, they had the scandal in the late 2010s where they were hacking Ethiopia. And, and other African countries like that. So it is, yeah. they've shown they, they will and can do it. Right. And, you know, Trump does use China as his backdrop sometimes for, you know, railing against them for whatever reason he feels, you know, necessary at the time. But there are real reasons to fear China, to fear the government behind a lot of these Chinese corporations. You, you got to keep pace with it. And, and I, I think that's a great one to, 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 to mention. And it's not the only one. You know, it's not the only time that Trump has stood up to China and it's been for the better. So, yeah, as much as it pains us. It does. And I had to, to research say, this shit. I know. But it's okay. <laughs> you know, it's fair. You got to You got to You, you got to look yeah. at everything from every perspective and you have to say what's what, you know. Ah, uh, man. I. It's Labor Day weekend. Yeah. It is. You know, it's almost over. And we, you know what we haven't done yet? What's that? Going on that boat ride, my friend. Are you ready for the I'm boat ready ride? For the fucking boat ride. Yeah. Come sail away. Come sail away. <laughs> oh man. So here's the funny thing. So, <laughs> so I guess this weekend, all around the country, and I know it happened where we live, is that there has been a bunch of Trump parades. Where you know you get your pickup yeah. truck, you cut off the PVC pipe, you get your Big old American flag up there. You get your don't tread on me flag that you can't explain the historical background to, but who gives a shit? You know, you got your tractors, you got your motorcycles, you got your whatever, whatever, you know. And and you get on the highway and you drive around in the slow lane and hoot and holler and shoot off your guns and, you know, do whatever you do. And, you know, it's kind of sounds like kind of fun. It does sound kind of fun. And... Right before we started this episode, um, my very best friend who lives in Hawaii, he lives in Hawaii, he lives in a very like, oh yeah, he lives in a very progressive part of Hawaii that I thought was progressive. He got stuck in a Trump parade today. (laughs) (laughs) Were they like red, white, and blue lasers? Right. (laughs) And I just kind of made me laugh, you know, I'm sure it pissed him off immensely today, but you know what, motherfucker? That's what you get for living in paradise, piece of shit. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but 
But <laughs> I saw this news article this week about the boat down in Travis County, Texas. <laughs> and there was a there was a Trump parade on water, wasn't there, Brandon? <laughs> so I mean, I, I go ahead. Five boats, five of them sank. And those were the ones that didn't call for help. They're gonna there were dozens that called for help and they towed them out. But five boats didn't call for help and sank. Two of them had to be rescued from the bottom of the lake. (laughs) And it took forty seven years and a few days and now I believe in God. (laughs) One of those boats that sank to the bottom had a (laughs) make liberals cry again. Oh man. And it's like of course of course it's of course it's in Texas. Of course it's in Travis County, Texas. Of course it's on Travis Lake in Texas. That's the most Republican thing I've ever heard. Travis County and Travis Lake, Texas. <laughs> All right, listeners. Challenge. Challenge listeners. Ooh. If you can find in the next week before our next episode a guy named Travis. Who's a liberal? Oh shit! You're going to kidnap him and bring him to us. Are we allowed to do that? We can do that. Okay. Okay. Um. Or on the flip side of things, find an African American female with a hyphenated last name who's a Republican. Don't don't kidnap her. <laughs> Don't don't do that. We got just we gotta just ask equal. just ask her, <laughs> or even ask Travis. <laughs> even, even, yeah, we don't ask Travis. Them. Ask them. <laughs> we don't. We'll see what happens. But yeah, that was kind of like the funny funny story of the week. You know. Yeah. Uh, and you know what, man? I'm. You know what? I I I I don't want anybody to really get hurt. I don't want anybody to die. Nobody did. Nobody, nobody was hurt. Nobody, nobody was, was hurt. hurt. Nobody drowned. So that makes it officially funny. As shit. <laughs> Do they not think like, oh, we got a lot of boats here, so it's going to create a lot of wake. You know what? What boaters don't like is, uh, you know, getting caught in wakes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. oh, it's just like getting in like a hot tub and jumping up <laughs> with like your toy boats and stuff. Oh man, I guess you know, um, maybe. Maybe there weren't a lot of uh, physicists on these boats. Many us, many, <laughs> many people maybe. in the scientists in the sciences. Oh, shit. well, that's our little uh, little uh, excursion into the the craziness. That was pretty funny. So um, we're getting kind of close to the end. Yeah. What's our historical topic? This well, week? you know what, man. Um, I was thinking, and I always want to connect. Um, the history part to something that we talked about. It doesn't have to be super direct, but um, I talked a little bit about McGrath's, uh, well, Trump, oh God, McConnell's advertisement <laughs> with McGrath and her saying that the election of Donald Trump was um, hell no, hell no, <laughs> kind of like a 9 11 moment for her. And, um, you know, this Friday is the 19th anniversary of 9 11. And as I was thinking about it, you know, if you're 30 years old or younger, you either don't remember much about it at all, or you don't remember anything about it at all. And that's a date that was just totally etched, has been etched in my mind ever since. And I know you feel the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I really hope that with the younger generations growing up, not having experience 9-11, that those of us who have um, kind of make it your purpose to talk to younger folks about and your own kids about what that day was like, what it meant for America um, and how it totally, you know, shook our country to the ground. But as a result, as a people, I think it made us better in some regards. Um, without making commentary about the politics that followed in the, in the war, you know, in the Gulf and stuff like that. But I just remember, real quick snippet, a week at, the, the whole week after 9-11, people treated each other well. Crime nationwide went down. Um, it, it, besides what had happened to our country in that regards with, you know, the Twin Towers and the Pentagon and Shanksville, Pennsylvania, people were good to each other for a while. And... A lot of times we have to search for the good and bad things that happen. And that's just something that I always remember. So I hope someday we can have something. Hopefully it's not a horrible experience in our country to bring us together. But something's got to give at some point. People are getting frustrated. This country is on a bad course right now, guys. I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. Something needs to change. And um, maybe something can happen in the future that will change that course. Well, we hope so. And uh, we hope this podcast helps that. It does. We it try to humor relief, man. Just humor relief. And we try to explain things as, as best we can and make fun of it at the same time. So Absolutely. Because if not, you'll lose your mind. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and we do not want to clean up blood out of your house. So. Yeah, I know. That's, 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 that's hard. I mean, what? <laughs> so, I'm excited about something, man. I'm excited, too. First of all, we got a new episode coming up again next week. Again next week, yes. We do this shit every single week. Every single week, and it really is a getting to be a pain in my ass. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's just, uh, it, um, we actually, we, we really love doing this, and it's something that we're, we're passionate about, so we, we speak, even when we're not doing this podcast, we're talking about the stuff we're talking about on this podcast, so... Um, but what I really want from you guys is the listeners is give us ideas, give us things that you're interested in that we can take research and run with. Mm-hmm. Um, I want this to be kind of like us together. Absolutely. And speaking of together, I mean, we don't have a specific plan yet, but we do want to eventually have a guest from time to time on the show. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And in addition to that, we came up with a pretty good idea, um, about the first presidential debate. Oh, yeah. Brandon, would you like to tell the listeners what we're going to do for the first presidential debate on Tuesday, September the 29th? So, Dave, have you ever seen Mystery Science Theater 3000? Oh, yeah. That was my favorite sh- shows in college. I took that old roach clip off of my hair from the 80s and God, choked it up you. a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Watch me some MST 3000. So, we thought it'd be a great idea to kind of bring that idea with the presidential debates. So we will watch them live and comment on them as they do in Mystery Science Theater 3000. Right. So if you want to hear us talk about the debates in real time and laugh your ass off a little bit, then this is the episode this, for you. Yeah. It'll, it'll be, um, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll put more details on Facebook and Twitter and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And Facebook, we are on FDR's wheelchair. So just type that in Facebook. You'll get us. And our handle on Twitter is FDR underscore wheelchair. Absolutely. And we'll get that social media thing running a little bit smoother coming up. And Yeah. Uh, I'm going to get my wife to help me. <laughs> Absolutely. 
<laughs> how many how many listeners next week? Here, what's your prediction? Oh well, we had twenty four this week, so yeah. twelve. <laughs> <laughs> oh, glass half full. Let's say we're let's aim for fifty, man. 50. fifty. All right, and then we'll report back each week how many listeners we have. Yeah, and like I said, we are more than open to to hear from you. So um, hit us on Facebook, Twitter, or you can email us ah. at FDR's Wheelchair Podcast at gmail dot com. Mm-hmm. And I'll try not to make fun of you. <laughs> too much too much also find us on AOL and CompuServe <laughs> HTTP colon double slash www dot what was that that web that web browser navigator Netscape Navigator Netscape, Netscape. <laughs> so it's Dave and Brandon at Netscape dot dot org <laughs> oh man I remember my, my one roommate, he was the first person I knew that had it, the internet, he had dial-up, and he wanted to look up naked pictures, and he would, he would load the page, and it would, like, start at the chick's head, and then just slowly start, you'd get to the <laughs> nose, like, an hour later, six hours later, he'd be like, come on in, the nipple's about to show up. <laughs> oh, those were the and, days. Kids. And the thing is, you'd, you'd go in. <laughs> Now y'all kids these days got the porn hub and whatnot. Back in the day, you had to wait for them titties. <laughs> oh. oh, fuck. We're old. <laughs> uh, we better wrap up. Or All right. Go yeah, to we'll, for sure. Yeah. Well, I, I think we're going there anyway. But anyway, we'll wrap this episode up. We'll go to hell next week. How about that? Sounds good, man. <laughs> hell to handbasket, baby. <laughs> All right, listeners. Well, thanks for joining us. Um, we'll see you next week. Yep, we'll see you next week. Take care, everybody. Bye. Bye.